up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fulfillment Podcast, where we help discover a better you by finding fulfillment in life, relationships, and finance. Welcome back to part two. It was a uh, it was a long episode. It ended up being like two and a half hours in this baby, and uh, it was awesome. I, it was really good. I tried to get to everybody. I didn't get to all the questions, so I apologize if your uh, if your stuff wasn't answered here. But um, really good questions, and I think there's like a lot of good that comes out of this. Like a lot of a lot of really like good growth. If you guys want to hear more, of course, always send me like feedback and DMs at Instagram is always the best way to get a hold of me. But um, send me send me whatever you guys have. If you want more feedback, but like really good questions, and I hope you guys get a lot out of this because lessons that I wish I would have known back when I was gonna like first starting out and figuring figuring my way. And if I would have had somebody that would <laughs> have been able to give me kind of like the content in some of these questions, damn, like be totally, I mean, I'm not saying it'd be totally different, but it'd been cool. But I mean, this is like good stuff. You guys ask good questions. So I tried to give really good answers and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So um, well, I guess with that being said, I'm just gonna cut this off and let's just dive, let's get right back into it. All right, here we go. Um, okay. Next question. Question four. Do you coach people to help them reach financial freedom via a new business venture? Interesting question. Yes. Uh, short answer. Yes. Long answer. I'm very busy, (laughs) but short answer. Yes. So, um, in real estate, I, I had so many people that once, um, once I started doing what I was doing and I quit and I retired when I was 28, uh, due to like what I was bringing in real estate, I had a lot of people ask me to help them do the same stuff. So I'm actually putting together, uh, kind of like a coaching program. I'm, I'm trying to put together a course, a digital course to help train people do exactly kind of like what I did. And then people that are trying to get into real estate investing, I actually created a business, uh, designed around real estate syndication and, um, my legal team's still helping me like structure everything and put it all together properly. But um, I am working with my very first investor right now, and we are looking at closing in on some uh, some real estate here in the next actually two weeks, a uh, couple of weeks still before we close on the first investment property purchase. But people want to know, right? They want to know how to how to do things and how to kind of like repeat the same success I have. And obviously, my thing is at a certain point you just run out of money, or you don't just want to dump all your money into everything. There's other things you want to do with it, right? The diversification. Um, but for those of you that still do want to know, right. And, and maybe don't know a lot about real estate, but need some help. I do one of my businesses. I do actually purchase real estate with other people using investor funds and we, we just purchase real estate. So depending on what you put in, uh, is kind of like your percent ownership and equity of that property. So it's, it's really cool opportunity. It's really cool. I, I plan on, um, helping, obviously my goal is to help people build retirement portfolios and stuff just the same way I did and to build passive income just the same way I did so that you can live in financial freedom and not really have to worry about cash flow or money or any of that stuff. And it comes in and it's just automatic for you. So you can live this, like this, this free kind of like retired, what people would think of as retired lifestyle. So, um, in other regards, building, uh, like sales funnels and the YouTube channels and, you know, the other sources of income and stuff that I have. Um, I do, I'm just very busy. So it's, I'd be happy to answer any questions if you're the one that asked that question. Um, yeah, if you have, you know, stuff that you want to ask, um, more, more happy than not to, to help you with those things. If you want like personalized one-on-one stuff, I, promise you, you become successful. Like I do it for clients and stuff. I build sales funnels and stuff for clients and 
you know, they kind of ask me the same question, just in a different way. Basically, like, can I help coach their business to, to becoming profitable and doing like implementing certain things? Yes, I can. It's just like my time is very valuable, right? So if, if we're going to take up time, there's just a different conversation is had at that point. But if you want like basic, like text, it's going to be slow and stuff. So I like apologize for that, but I'd be more than happy to like answer questions and whatnot. Um, I just may not always get around to answering it unless obviously, unless like if you, if you want me to mentor you guys one-on-one or if, if somebody else has a similar question, you really want like one-on-one coaching to get you to a point to where you are creating and generating a passive income portfolio similar to like what I've built and you want me to like be shoulder to shoulder with you and helping you like I do with my other clients, then let's, let's have like an individual conversation. So just, just message me and be like, um, just DM me, uh, podcast, like financial freedom or podcast coaching. There you go. Do, do podcast coaching opportunity. Just send that in the DM and let's, we can have a conversation about what that would look like for you. Okay. But, um, I, I do help people it's just, I, I am very busy. So I'll try and help you guys as best I possibly can if, if more than one of you have that question. So good question. That is a good one though. Uh, let's get to the next one, number five. All right, how did I build my portfolio? Okay, so this one started, everything that I did started post-divorce. Um, I really was in, I was in the army, right? I was very middle class. I was doing well as a middle class citizen. <laughs> If that's uh, if that's the thing, but I was doing well uh, as an officer in the army, and come divorce was when I kind of started building the portfolio that I have today. So uh, I started by when we were looking at moving because we were looking at moving to Colorado before I found everything out, and we were looking at buying a home. Right, that's kind of like the next step of the the relationship, I guess, was to to buy a home together. So I was looking at buying a home. Well, when the divorce and everything fell through, not fell through, the divorce happened, but the relationship fell through. When all that stuff kind of went down, uh, I was still moving to Colorado and I was very much in the mindset of still wanting to buy a home. So as a result, I still bought a house and I took essentially everything that I had from the marriage, all of the furniture, all of the dressers, all of the furnishings, the wall decor, uh, washers, dryers, all that kind of stuff, right? I took everything that I had from the marriage and I essentially furnished this home I bought. So I furnished a home with all the shit from my marriage. And what I started doing was my, my initial intention was I want my family to come visit me. I'm in Colorado, love it out here, super cool place, wonderful like location, and I want my family to visit. So what I did was I was living with, because I also had a friend tell me, like he's like, dude, you probably shouldn't be living, shouldn't be living alone. So I didn't live in the house. I bought the house, furnished it, with the intention of living in it, but then was like being alone is a bad idea. Uh, and there was an opportunity to move in with some roommates that my buddy told me about. He's like, dude, I just moved out. You can live in my room, like go live with these guys and they're up in the mountains. So I went and lived with these, these two other roommates up in the mountains and it was great. Like it's cool. Cause you have an immediate friend group. You got people nearby. Like they helped me through some rough stuff, uh, the divorce and everything. So it was really good, but that's kind of how I started building the portfolio. That's how I bought my first house was essentially the divorce. And then from there I furnished it. And then from there I wanted my family to come visit. So I started, I like put it on Airbnb instead of finding a full term tenant or a long term tenant. And as a result, my family was able to come and visit on like specific days or weekends. But when they weren't there, I was renting it out on Airbnb. So I was short term renting it. And what that did was that brought in a lot of extra uh, revenue. So when I got deployed, I came back home. This was like a year later. 
I was like, okay, well, I got all this extra income. Let's buy another one. So I bought a second property. And that's kind of like when things just started to build. So it's really cool. I set a three-year goal for myself when I first moved out here. Uh, and I bought that first home. And I'm like, when I leave, typically you're at a duty station as an officer about three years. Um, and what I told myself was, while I'm here, in the three years I'm here, I want to buy a piece of property each year. I want to buy new property every year. Uh, so I want to leave here with three properties. Well, I ended up getting out and not leaving, but I did accomplish that goal. And I learned a lot by setting that goal and doing that. And I built a pretty substantial portfolio. I think it's at like 1.4 now. Um, 1.4 million is the size. If I sold everything and liquidated it, that's what it would be worth. So it's, it's pretty awesome, right? Building a pretty substantial portfolio of real estate and the amount of income that that produces has helped me essentially get out of the army. So eight year career in the army, I was able to get out. Um, and I'm actually still in the reserves right now, but that'll be done here in May. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just it, a lot of opportunities, right? You set some pretty ambitious goals for yourself and you t- make the most of a bad situation and you start doing really well. So that's, that's kind of how I started building my portfolio. I just really just kind of took a leap, set a goal for myself and took a leap. And as a result, like wonderful things have happened from that. So that, that's how I started building it. So if you guys are asking questions, I've actually thought about putting together like a, how to buy your first home or like steps you need to do to put your first home. So um, if you guys think that's a good idea, send me a DM and let me know, be like, yo, create that course or, you know, whatever, create the, how to buy a real estate like thing. So I know what to do. I'd be more than happy to help you guys out. Um, cause it's really easy. And I, I kind of like coach my sisters along the same thing. Cause I think they need to start doing the same stuff. So I'd be more than happy to help you guys. If you want to kind of like learn to repeat the same stuff I've done with like buying real estate and, and that, um, and how to do that. If you do want to know. So send me a, send me a DM either on the podcast, uh, Instagram or my personal one. If you, you're a follower from the personal channel, uh, more than happy to help you guys kind of figure that out and kind of navigate that path too. It's, it's, it's pretty simple, but I know it can be overwhelming. Um, just starting off, but set a goal for yourself and just take action. Right. All right, let's get to the next one. Number six, uh, best advice for multiplying money, starting with a small amount. I like that in parentheses, starting with a small amount. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So here's uh here's some fun stuff. When you're starting off with a little bit of money, there's a lot of ways to go about building, building like a portfolio or building some sort of income producing uh, asset portfolio. Again, read, 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 read. Like I will, I create a bookshelf. It's actually pretty cool, but I created this bookshelf and on this bookshelf, I have all these books that I've read, obviously, right? Not putting chairs on it, but I have all these books on this bookshelf and uh, Dan Locke's pretty good. He he wrote a couple books, Unlock It and F You Money, which which have some good concepts in there. Um, but I really, like honestly, I learned the most from Rich Dad Poor Dad. That, that taught me the most. Understanding, taking away the idea of what assets are, what liabilities are, and how the, the rich maintain wealth. And just learning kind of like those secrets and how to stay out of the poor and middle class and how to get yourself to kind of like that wealthy class state. And understanding the idea between assets and liabilities is probably one of the biggest ways to to do that. So I, I really encourage you guys like read like just free ways. So many options out there. Read. Um, if we're if we're talking like a, a small amount, um, typically, and this is something a lot of people don't know. Everybody kind of thinks buying real estate requires a lot of money because you got to save up a down payment. It's not totally true. If you're living in the home, which obviously for your first home, you 100% should be buying it as a primary residence 
as a primary residence, you can get really, really good loans, like rates, like down payment options. If you're a service member, you can get 0% down, which means you don't have to bring any money to the table for a VA loan. That's insane, right? You just literally leverage nothing but a credit score to get a house. So if you guys, depending on how young you are and how old you are, you think you can start at 16, you can get a credit card immediately. Get a credit card and you can't get you can't get like a massive balance or anything right away, but get a, uh, I think what I did I when I was in college, I started off with a secured one or a capital one secured credit card. And what that means is I gave them like 200 bucks and they gave me a credit card with the $200 balance. And every month I, I built up a $200 balance and then I paid it off and I built it up and I paid it off and I just did that. And I did that for like a year until I built a credit. I had a good enough credit history that I was able to actually get a real credit card. And then I got like a Discover card with like a $10,000 balance. And that was an actual credit card to where I didn't have to give them any money. They just gave me kind of like a, a balance. And that's how you build your credit. So as long as you have a good credit score, you can get a really, really, really good rate. Now, if it's as long as it's your first time home, if you're looking at buying a house, I think the lowest you can get if you use an FHA loan is 3.5% down. So if you're looking to buy a, let's say a $300,000 home, 3.5% is uh, $10,500. It's not a lot of money, right? I mean, it may sound like a lot of money, but in terms of like what most people are thinking, like 10% down for a home, no, we're not talking about 30 grand. Talk about like 10 or, or less, right? We're, we're talking about depending on how big of a home you're buying and depending on what market you have, you, not a lot of money. Like I know people that live like back home, the market back home is not as big as where it is I live now. So the, the house price is much lower. So if we're talking about a $180,000 home, or we'll say a two hundred thousand dollar home for these numbers. If you're only putting two or three and a half percent down, it's not a lot. That's two four six and a that's seven thousand dollars. Okay, so if you think about like what your car costs and all these other things, your car's a liability, so it's not making you any money. It's probably getting you from A to B, letting you get to work and stuff. But you could probably sell the car right and put a down payment on a home, and then you can start making money with a home. Like just things to think about, and that's what like rich dad poor dad it'll it'll teach you this stuff. It, he'll he'll walk you through these things. So, I mean, maybe you buy a house and you start renting it out and you're cash flowing 600 bucks, which means you're paying your mortgage and then you're making $600 from the rent on top of your mortgage. You're making 600 bucks. Ah, that's pretty cool. You just gave yourself a $600 a month raise, right? So is, is that worth more than a car? Because now, now you look at it and you're like, well, I guess in like four months I can save up and just buy a really basic car. Or maybe you bike to work or maybe you walk to work or maybe you work remotely so you don't even need a vehicle right? All interesting questions to, to think about. So when we're talking about multiplying money, starting with a small amount, there's a lot of ways actually you can do it. You just got to figure out which one it is that you can do. And I think that's a problem, right? A lot of people don't know. And that's why mentorship is so important. It's so important because mentorship allows you to work alongside somebody that has experience you don't. So when you're able to figure answers out to questions because they've got experience about learning about these things that you don't have, that's invaluable. I paid 16 plus thousand dollars to work with the guy that I'm working with. It's insane, right? You may, may look at it and be like, you're fucking crazy. You may look at it and be like, well, that's it. But it's because paying that money is going to teach me so much more exponentially. Like think about the things I've learned and where I'm at now today because I've spent that money with a certain person and they've taught me the things that I know. So finding a mentor and finding somebody that can kind of coach you along and give you experience about things is huge, especially somebody that is where you want to go. If you want to go to a certain place, you need to find somebody that has gone there and done that and learned the lessons the, along the way that can help you get to that same place. 
right? You're just repeating success, successful strategies. You're repeating things that are that work. So finding like a mentor can help you huge. But um, in terms of like real estate, right? It's really not that hard. We we overanalyze things and we think over stuff. But really purchasing real estate is not that difficult, especially if you have a parent or somebody that's willing to like co-sign on a loan. It's it's way easier too because now you're using like their credit score and you're using their income per you know to prove it. So if you're looking like conventional methods, it's very very easy. So biggest thing would be if you're looking at the real estate option, focus on your credit score. There's there's a lot of ways to build it. Uh, the secured card was just one example, but there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, and then you know look at talking to a bank and seeing what you can do for a down payment on a primary residence on a home that you're going to move into. Um, if you're looking at like, I definitely would not recommend like a YouTube channel or something, unless you're the one creating and editing the content, that's a different story. It's going to take some time. It's probably going to take you a year or so, but you don't have to really use any money and you can, if, if you enjoy it, right, you can be passionate about it. You can do a really good job with it and it creates passive income. It can create a passive stream of income. So I mean, that, that's a good option if you're the one creating the content. I wouldn't do kind of like what I'm doing because it takes a long time to get a channel going. It takes like a year or so, um, a year, 18 months. It can take some time to get a channel going. Once it does, it's, it's simple, right? You create a process. It's scalable. You can repeat it. But it, it does take a good amount to, to get going. So I wouldn't re- totally recommend that unless you're the one creating the content. If you have a good Instagram following, find ways to monetize your following. Find ways to sell merchandise. Find ways to sell coaching services, find ways to sell, uh, advice on whatever it is that you do. Um, find ways to like monetize your follower base. There's, there's a lot of different ways. I mean, if you got a million followers and you sell a $10 hat, you know, 10 times like, well, shit. Okay. Now you just made a hundred bucks. So just multiply that and repeat and it's golden, right? It's too easy. So just think about ways that you can monetize if you have something like that. Um, oh, what was another one? I thought I had a good example. Oh, uh, okay. So we talked about a little bit earlier. We talked about funnel building. That's a great way to learn. And and again, you're going to learn these things by reading books. You're going to learn, you're like, what the heck's a funnel? Well, we kind of explained a little bit, but if, if you didn't hear that part, funnel building, right? If you learn how to build funnels, you're going to learn how to do that for yourself to sell a product or a service or build an email list or whatever to generate leads. You're going to learn how to do that yourself. You can also sell the knowledge and the experience you get when you're doing it for yourself. You can sell that to other people that want to do the same thing. And then from there, you create a business. And that's essentially free. I mean, ClickFunnels, I think, is uh, it's free for the first 14 days. Free. There you go. Um, it's free for the first 14 days. And it's like, I think there's different tiers, actually. But it's like 250 or 300 bucks a month or something like that. 350 bucks a month from there. But I mean, it's like insanely profitable, right? You can do so much with it. And there's so many resources out there to help you build successful funnels. Um, and that's what I do, right? I I do that for clients that are trying to sell products or services to find what works and how to monetize their service and to build a presence and a following, generate leads for them and create a business and, and create them additional income. So I build funnels for clients. Like that's, that's an amazing way to build income and it really doesn't cost money. I mean, it's free for the first 14 days and it's 350 bucks a month. It may sound like a lot, but it's not when you're making 10 grand a month, right? These are all like super good ways to do it. Um, another way, like I use short-term rentals. So you can, you can literally approach people that are renting their home. You can go on Zillow and look for the houses that are for rent. You can, you can hit up those, those properties, send them a message, or you can go to the house and you know, whatever. Um, but you can be like, Hey, I'm interested in signing a lease. Would you be interested in allowing me to sublease your property as a short-term rental? 
they may not care. Some people will, but not everybody's going to care. Some people are going to be like, yeah, sure. That's fine. What are you going to pay for rent? And be like, I'll pay your rent. I'll pay you know whatever you're asking. They're like, all right, cool. All they want is a sustainable income. If you can create more income, then that that's just extra cash in your pocket. And that's free. That doesn't cost you anything. As long as you can go and, and do it, right? That doesn't cost you anything. So that's that's even like a really a free way to do it. So I, I love real estate. Real estate's a tried and true method. It's existed since the beginning of time. Um, but I mean, there's other ways to leverage digital methods across the, the, the world, the internet. So just, just think about, you know, how, what am I doing now and how can I monetize this? Typically, if you can do something and you can produce results, you can show that you're doing it successfully. People are going to pay you money to do that, to repeat those same results for them. So just find people that are interested, right? Advertising, creating ads, marketing it, uh, talking. I, I hate cold calling and door knocking, but that's an option. But I mean, like if you can produce a result, typically other people are going to want that result too. So you can monetize it. Just find ways to monetize it. So best advice for multiplying money, starting with a little amount, find ways to monetize what you're doing right now or find ways to monetize different opportunities that you've been given. Matthew 25, nine, right? Those that have a lot will be given more. So seize the opportunities. God loves somebody that seizes opportunities and makes the most of what they've been given. So do that. That's, that's probably my best multiplying money advice, especially starting with a little amount. Cause really you learn how to do it at a little amount. You, you can do it on a big amount. It's just, a, you're just starting in a different place. Really? Like there's no difference there. If you can, if you can do it with a little, you can do it with a lot and you just, it's a, it's a scalable process. You just repeat the process. Just, you change the numbers you start with. That's it. So if you can learn to master it at the lowest level, we, and I just gave you like what, five examples, four or five examples. If you can master it at a low level, you can repeat that same process at a, at a bigger level. So start there, become successful and then repeat, repeat successful actions. Uh, Grant Cardone says it all the time. Repeat successful actions. If it works, do it again. So, okay, let's move on to the next one. Number seven, best love advice. Ooh, I like it. This is a good one. Okay. Best love advice in like Three words or less, be alone, be alone, be comfortable being alone, be comfortable with yourself. If you are comfortable with yourself, you will recognize red flags. You will not settle for things that are not right for you. And you will be able, like I say, be too comfortable with yourself, but yeah, be comfortable being alone because you'll set a standard for yourself on what you're willing to accept. And if somebody doesn't bring you more peace and happiness than you being alone does, then you're, you're not going to settle for them, right? If you, if you're more happy, if you're happier being alone to yourself and spending time with yourself and building businesses by yourself and learning by yourself and re- and like doing all these things that make you happy and someone else comes into your life and they make you less happy. They don't, they don't like amplify those feelings and emotions. Then you're not going to settle for them. And that's, that's a result of being happy by yourself. If you're not happy alone, then all that shit goes out the window and you're willing to settle for somebody that doesn't improve your life and that leads to misery and pain and we'll say divorce down the road, okay? It does not lead to a happy relationship. You know how people say that, that thing, uh, happy life or happy wife, happy life? Yeah, I think that's horse shit. I think that's the worst thing in the world. If you're saying it serious, I get it, haha, joke. I, I don't even like joking about it because I don't think it's like a thing. But it's that's so shitty. Like if, if happy wife, happy life, like no fucking happy couple, happy life, man. You both are in this together. Don't settle for somebody that doesn't like, that doesn't give you joy. 
that doesn't bring you joy. I'm not going to say give you, but bring you joy. And, and nobody's responsible for that but you. You yourself are responsible for it. That's why I cannot preach more. Like, become comfortable alone. Become comfortable with yourself. Be happy. Be so happy with yourself that you're willing to turn other people away. That you, like, don't need a dating app because you're like, fuck, I'm happy enough by myself. Because what happens, and this is a really interesting thing. This is like law of attraction on steroids here. But what happens is if you become happy on yourself, happy with yourself, doing what you do, you're going to be around and you're going to be in an environment of people that are doing the same things that make you happy. If you if you do what makes you happy, and we'll say you like going to uh, painting with a twist event, so where you go drink wine, you paint little like cats and dogs and just uh, you know moons and stuff. I don't know, whatever. You paint things and you drink. Like if those are things that make you happy, you're going to be around people that do the same thing. That that stuff makes them happy too. And then as a result, I don't know. Let's just say you meet somebody at one of those things to where that makes them happy, that makes you happy. Now you're both doing the same things together. Now you're both on your own path, you're doing stuff that makes you happy, and now you're coming together to improve each other, to add to that, to bring more joy into the situation. So you you find this whole, like it's called a vibrational frequency. If you put yourself in a certain vibrational frequency, you're going to, to attract other people that are in that same vibra- vibrational frequency. And as a result, you both find people that make you happy. You find people that match, that are a vibrational match to the frequency in which you're vibrating at. Same thing is true as if you're miserable and pissed off and sad. If you can't find happiness within yourself, you're going to be in a miserable state. You're going to attract other people that are also doing things that are putting them in a miserable state. That are working a shitty job maybe they're not happy with. That are spending time with people that they don't like being around. You're going to find people that are doing the same thing. And then you're just going to reverberate that and you're both going to be continuing to mix that anger, that sadness, those negative emotions. You're going to continue to do that. So you have to put yourself in a positive vibrational frequency, a high vibrational frequency, so that you can come into contact, you can meet people that match that same frequency. Because if somebody doesn't match that, you're not going to be spending time with them. If, if it's, it's like a red flag, right? If somebody isn't at the same frequency you are, you can tell. If you've spent the time alone, if you're happy being alone, if you're happy being in a certain vibrational frequency, you've found out what resonates with you. If somebody comes into your life and they don't resonate at that same frequency, they start changing your frequency, you're not going to know. You're going to feel it immediately. You're, it's going to shift in your head. You're going to be like, oh, boy, I don't, do not like this. And you're going to kick them out because you know what makes you happy. You know where you like being. And that person is going to be ejected you're going to leave them you're going to you're not going to let them into your life because you don't want to change this positive trajectory that you're on with the emotions that you feel it's crazy like this stuff is so cool but that's my best love advice if i have to give you guys any love advice become comfortable by yourself because you're going to find where you resonate you're going to find that frequency that you resonate at that makes you happy that brings you joy and you're going to find that internally you're not going to rely on somebody else to bring you that if you can do that if you can create that for yourself and you can bring that for yourself then somebody else that is doing the same thing that has brought themselves to that same place is going to come into your life and they're going to be at the same vibrational state. They're going to be able to also, they are happy themselves and you're not obligated to make them happy. Just like they are not obligated to make you happy. So you're both going to have your cups full and you're going to be able to give that love to each other and you're going to be able to improve each other's life. So if I had to give any love advice, work on yourself. You've got to work on yourself, figure out your purpose, become comfortable and confident and happy being alone. And when you do that, somebody else is going to fall into your life. You, it's just, it's going to happen. People always say, like, you ever you hear that quote where they're like, you find somebody when you least expect it, right? Somebody's going to come into your life when you don't expect it. That's why. That's why that happens. Because you start becoming comfortable with yourself and you're not even looking for somebody. And then they show up. It's called disconnecting. It's called 
not being attached to the outcome, right? Attachment to outcome, not being attached to the outcome. You don't have to be attached to who you're going to meet or when you're going to meet them or how you're going to meet them. You just don't care. You're detaching yourself from that. When you detach, you remove resistance because you create resistance when you want something to happen. You're creating resistance around maybe it's a different way, right? Because we said that we never we never know the way things are going to happen. We don't predict the way things are going to happen. It always happens a way we never expect, right? So if we expect something to happen a certain way, what we're doing is we're creating resistance against all the other opportunities and all the other possibilities. So when you detach yourself from the expectation of the outcome, you remove yourself from the way you expect that it's going to happen and you allow all of the other opportunities to happen. You allow them to occur to you. And that's why you have to become comfortable with yourself so you resonate at a frequency which makes you happy which finds you joy you become comfortable with yourself you allow opportunities into your life and you can seize those opportunities and they they actually happen you remove the resistance of what happens in your life so become comfortable by yourself that's why i preach being alone be alone and and plan for being a while like just be like yo i'm gonna fall so in love with who i am and i'm gonna accomplish so much i'm gonna improve so much i'm gonna read so many books and listen to so many podcasts and just find love and peace and seize opportunities and go on vacations by myself and do all of these wonderful things and just focus on me and i'm gonna become so happy by myself and don't even expect to meet anybody set this expectation in your head that maybe you're gonna be single for the rest of your life and that's okay because you're so excited to be alone You're so excited to just explore the possibilities of what you can achieve because God has given you all these wonderful gifts and you can go out there and achieve these gifts. You're you're so excited. Be so full of love and energy to do that by yourself alone. And when you do that, the unexpected happens and you'll find somebody. But you have to be able to get yourself to a point to where you don't expect to find somebody. That's the key. That's the key. It's a subconscious thing, right? Subconsciously. You're, you're not expecting anything to happen. When you can do that, when you can get your subconscious to align with what you're doing consciously, the, the world changes for you. That's, that's called law of attraction, right? That's called setting your vibrational frequency, finding your vibrational match, like setting all these things in motion and connecting with your higher self. Connecting with the, the angel, I think of it as an angel. Connecting with who you are as an angel, your higher self, and, and discovering the capabilities and the potential that you can, you can do. And that's what it is. It's all about disconnecting. Like disconnect, Become happy with yourself, vibrate at your frequency, and allow all the possibilities in your life. So that's my best love advice. I think that's a good one. I actually really like that response. Probably gonna like listen to this again. I think that's really cool. But uh, yeah, that's my best love advice. Become happy by yourself. Become happy alone, not single, alone. All right, let's get to the next one. Number eight. Um, okay, how do you remain in a good mindset? This is awesome because I have struggled with this a lot and it's hard, it's not easy. Uh, maintaining a positive mindset day in and day out is hard because there's a lot of negativity, right? There's a lot of negative things. If you guys, if you guys are from my personal Instagram and you're, you're listening, you're a follower from there and you've kind of seen some of the stuff I post, there's a lot of negative stuff out there, right? And I don't mean to, I don't mean to fear monger. I don't mean to post negativity. I'm, I'm more posting a lot of the stuff for like awareness. So we understand kind of what's going on because there's a disconnect between media and reality and somebody's got to do it. So I feel like I've been called to be one of those people so I try to ambassador truth and reality and, and awareness so we understand. But when we look at maintaining a good mindset, how do you maintain a good mindset? Find a routine that puts you in a positive state. And I think that starts off with right in the morning, meditate. Become comfortable meditating. And what that means is like become comfortable being alone. It's funny how all this stuff kind of like keeps coming back to this, right? 
but it's because you're being comfortable putting yourself in a positive state. You're comfortable with yourself. You're resonating. You're putting yourself to a certain vibrational resonance that puts you in this positive state and allows these positive things to come into play. It's where you can disconnect and where you let go and you can disconnect yourself from the attachment you build for different outcomes and the way they're supposed to occur, right? So how do you put yourself in a good mindset? Well, what is a good mindset? What's well, good or bad is the absence of good. So if we're talking about what's a bad mindset, in order to understand good, let's talk about what bad is. Bad is the absence of good, right? Just as cold, there's, there's no such thing as cold. It's really just the absence of heat. 60 degrees and 90 degrees, like 60 isn't cold. It's just, it's less hot than 90 degrees, right? There's less energy in the molecules. So if cold is just the absence of heat and darkness is merely the absence of light and hate is merely the absence of love, then maybe bad is merely the absence of good. So there's no good. So if we're talking about what a bad mindset is, how do we avoid bad or how do we maintain a good mindset? Maybe we just we, we don't allow us to get bad or we start setting what is the standard that we have as a bad mindset. Because if we can set up what's a bad mindset, we can understand when we're in a good mindset. So what's a bad mindset? Well, bad mindset's probably something that makes you feel pretty crummy. Okay, so how do we avoid feeling crummy about something that we're thinking about or a certain situation or something that happens? Well, let's look at the way that we're looking at it, right? We just talked about the example uh, earlier about um, getting sick, right? Getting sick and, and going deaf. Like, that sounds pretty shitty, right? Well, actually, maybe there's a reason for it and there's a, there's a certain connection that we need, right? It's just the way that we're looking at things, right? I hear so many times people talk about like racism and stuff. Well, maybe racism actually isn't happening. Maybe it's this, it's this thing you're fabricating in your head about this anger you want to feel about a situation. I, I could look at a situation, somebody else could look at a situation, and they could be like, oh, it's so racist. And I'd be like, well, that's not really racist. It's just he wasn't qualified. Like, I mean, it, there's so many like instances, right, where maybe, maybe, maybe the person just isn't qualified for the job, and you're just throwing race out there. Like, right? Or maybe you're throwing sexism out there at the thing. Maybe, no, maybe somebody else was actually qualified for the job better, and if they want to be successful they're going to have to go improve or they're going to have to go and get better. So just changing the way we look at situations, are we looking at situations that we think of as a bad mindset? I mean, is it a bad mindset? Is it, is it bad? Is it a bad situation? Is it a bad mindset? Or is it just a standard that we need to look at and kind of like change is getting a 5,000 or is getting a $500 check bad? Well, no, we probably look at it as pretty good until there's an option for a $5,000 check. If you could have got a $5,000 check, but you ended up with a 500, well, now we see the 500 one is bad. We're like, well, shit, there's so much more. Like, there's 10 times more over here. I, I'm angry now. I angry. Well, yeah, just a minute ago you weren't, though. Like, just a minute ago you were super pumped about this. Like, you got $500. That's awesome, right? You're super jacked. Now you know that there could be $5,000. Now you're pissed. Same thing, same amount of money, same situation. But we changed the way that we're looking at it, and now we're angry. Maybe just be grateful. Continue to approach those same things with the same way you would before, right? Maybe there's a situation where uh, you could have died, right? You could have died in a situation, but instead you survived and maybe you broke your leg or you lost your leg or you got shot or whatever it was. And now you have like some debilitating disease or something's happened to you. You had to amputate your leg, right? Damn, like that's fucking shitty. Yeah, but listen, like at the moment, look, like you survived. Like that's so great. You still have an opportunity to change the world. That's so wonderful. So just think about those things, right? It's, it's about the the way we approach things. I found gratitude to be probably the biggest one. The big the biggest way to maintain a positive mindset or a good mindset is is finding gratitude. I literally at when I when I lay down in bed at night, I kind of I end up repeating the same things, which is kind of funny. 
but um, I, I'm grateful. I find the things that I'm grateful for, and I name off four to five things that have happened in my life, right? I'm grateful for the experience of the divorce and the things I've learned and the ways I've gone through stuff and the, the relationships I've had since then and the lessons that I've learned and where I've come, right? So I find ways to be grateful about the things that have happened in my life, and that typically will be enough for me to shift from, from bad or negativity to positivity or good. So I, I think it's, a, it's about finding your perspective and finding gratitude. I would really say that. Finding gratitude. Find ways to be grateful for the things and what good has come from it. And when you see the world as a grateful world in a positive place, you, your, your whole life is going to shift because you're going to notice opportunities and you're going to recognize these things like you've never seen before. Like now today, I mean, there is not an opportunity or a thing that goes by that I don't see. Maybe I can't act on everything, but I see it. I recognize it. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I take every opportunity I can to, to spread that positivity. What you give out, you get back. What you give to the universe, you will get back in return. If you give people compliments and you give them positivity and you show them love, you're going to get all those things back. You will. It's just, it's like, right? We talk about karma. Like, karma. Like, you're going to get that kind of stuff back. That's the whole concept of karma is what you give out, you get back. So you're going to do that. So karma, while we think sometimes karma is being bad, it's, it's not. It's a concept of what you put out, you get back. If you put out negativity, you're going to get negativity back, right? If, you're, if you go look at somebody and you give them a, a glare or a bad look or an evil look or something, they're probably going to give you one back. If you flip somebody the bird when you're driving on the highway, they're probably going to do the same thing back to you or cut you off or something, right? What you put out, you get back. But maybe you're going on the highway and you, somebody's having a bad day and you smile and you wave and you're just, you know, like saying hi and you give it, bring this like positive energy. You're probably going to lighten their day. Or maybe you see uh, a girl who looks a little bummed out or something, you're passing around the sidewalk and you're like, like, hey, I love your shoes, right? That's a simple compliment, an easy way to, to bring someone's day up, right? That's going to be a cool thing. It's going to help. You're, you're giving her positivity and she's going to feel that and she's going to feel better about herself, right? Seek out ways to spread positivity and to give good things out to other people. That'll all come back to you, and that's going to that's gonna really change your world. It really will. If you look at everything with negative eyes, you're going to see a negative world. If you look at everything with positivity, you're going to find the same thing in the world. So just just find ways to really just be positive. Find grad, like things to be grateful for. Do, do this for a day, okay? Here's a challenge. Do this for a day. Find one day. Make it tomorrow. Fuck, right? If you're listening to this before you go to bed, if you're listening to this on your way from work, whenever you're listening to this, find a day, make it tomorrow. Why not? <laughs> and just focus on being grateful for everything that happens in that day. No, no negativity, right? If, if you want to go back to negativity, like we'll do it the next day, but, but put it off just for a day, find nothing but gratitude and positivity and everything that happens. Give people compliments, high five people, you know, give them little winks, you know, tell them they look amazing, you know, spread joy, happiness, find good in all the situations you can do it for a day, full 24 hours. Okay. A full day from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Just be positive in everything. Wake up and be like, I'm so happy for XYZ. I'm so grateful that I woke up late and I had the opportunity that I could wake up in a first world country that has running water and I can wake up late and I, I know that I'm still going to be alive and I'm going to have water and food and a family and, and all these wonderful things, right? Just, just find ways to turn everything into positivity. Do it for a day, for a full day and watch how your life will change. It is crazy. Trust me. If you don't like it, you can go back to being negative the next day. If it's if it doesn't change your life, you can go back to enjoying the negativity and the anger the next day. Right? Give, but give yourself 24 hours. Just dedicate 24 hours, a full day, to just being positive. Putting yourself in a good mindset. And if you like it, do it again the next day. And then the next day. 
watch how your life is going to change. Okay. It's crazy. But when you can train your mind and you can train yourself to think that way and to think with positivity and nothing, nothing but good things are happening to you. Holy shit. The world changes. Your perception becomes your reality. The whole thing changes. And then guess what? You start vibrating at this different resonance. You start vibrating a different resonate as a different vibrational frequency. And you start attracting people that are doing the same thing in their own life. And then you start surrounding yourself with all these people that are positive and doing good things and making the most out of their life and just going crazy. And now your whole, right? Everything is different. Not only have you changed, but you've probably inspired other people. It's so crazy. I get, I get jacked up about this stuff. Like, it's awesome because when you unlock these things, when you start realizing this kind of stuff, it, it brings you to a point where you can, you, you almost feel like you can kind of do anything. When you realize that, you, re, you realize it at a point you can, you can really just do anything. Nothing's in your way. So it's, it's, it's really cool. But that's how I keep, if I say that's how I keep myself in a positive mindset, and I'm not perfect at this, right? Because while you could do it for 24 hours and be wonderful, like, you do slip back and sometimes things go bad. But when you understand you can control everything, you can see things with great gratitude and you, you can see kind of like these wonderful opportunities, everything's, everything just changes. I'm not saying the whole world is perfect and there's not any bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, why are you going to focus on that? Why do you want to do that, right? You're just going to put yourself in a bad mood. Nobody wants to focus on the bad. That's stupid. That's so stupid. That's so dumb. Why would you do that, right? It exists. Sure. Let's acknowledge it. Let's deal with it. And then let's find the positive in it. Let's make change. Let's do things better. Let's be grateful for the things that we have going on in our lives. It's very, very easy. It's very capable. So I hope that answers your question. I think that's a good question. I did not expect that, uh, that solid of a answer, actually. I'm, I'm rather impressed with myself, but I hope that answered it. How do you remain in a good mindset? There you go. Steps one, two, and three. <laughs> Okay, let's get to the next one. Number nine. Man, we are in this episode. I'm definitely chopping this up. If you guys are on part two of this, well, I'm not sorry, I guess. It's still still there. But I hope you guys are enjoying this because this is pretty cool. I like these. These these AMAs are, are awesome. These ask me anything. Um, when you guys bring in good questions and stuff like this, I absolutely love it. So I'm really glad you guys had good uh, good content, good questions. And uh, I, I I think we'll we'll do several of these. Maybe we'll do them you know, once every so often, but Good, good job. I like this. Okay, let's uh, let's keep rolling along. Let's go. Where are we at? Number nine. All right. What would you suggest to somebody who needs a sustainable source of income? I I would again. I would. You need to evaluate kind of like where you're at. You need to see what you have to create that. But in order to create a sustainable source of income, you, you just got to find out like what you want to do. Right. Assets versus liabilities. We got to read Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's going to break down kind of exactly what that is and go into more detail than what I'm even talking about here, but really help you understand the idea and the mindset behind that and then allow you to kind of like repeat those processes, right? You're, you're essentially trying to buy, you're trying to buy income by buying assets over liabilities, you're buying income. Um, for example, I bought a house and then the cash flow from that house allows me to buy a truck. So, so now instead of me just going and buying a truck, I... That, I, that maybe like I don't have the money for and paying, we'll say like $500 a month or something for a truck. Now let's just say I take that same money, I buy a house, the house produces, so I, I pay the mortgage and then on top of the mortgage, maybe I make $600, a cash flow $600. So now that asset can pay for the liability, the truck. And now I have a truck that is being paid for by my asset. And that's how the rich get rich. 
That's how the wealthy maintain wealth, is they purchase assets before liabilities. Um, he, Robert Kiyosaki talks about this. If you read the book, you'll, you'll hear it. But he talks about the poor stay poor because the poor buy expenses. They just buy just like shit, right? We'll say drugs, alcohol. Just If you think about it, like you just spend money on expenses and you never see any money come back. Okay, so like things that don't give you any return at all. The middle class stay middle class because they buy liabilities. That's their first priorities, buy liabilities. They buy a house that they're living in. They buy a car. They buy uh, fancy vacations. They buy, you know, they just buy like basic stuff that doesn't give them, it, it's not an asset. It's not producing income. It's not bringing anything back for them. So they just, they live in this like constant state of debt. They have one source of income. It's their job. It's their main job. And they just go to their job. They come back and that's their life, right? They just, they, they repeat that and that's all they do. So like, that's how the, the middle class stays middle class. Now what the, the wealthy do, the wealthy buy assets before liabilities and they allow their assets to pay for the liabilities. So you buy assets, you buy homes, you buy real estate, you build digital assets, you build all these things that produce an income. And then you buy your liabilities with that income. That's why the wealthy have like the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris and like the, the Land Rovers and the really nice cars and stuff. Well, they're making so much money in passive income or just in, in income, leveraged income, passive income, earned income. They're making so much money that they can, they can afford to buy the liabilities now. But they're not buying. I can tell you, anybody that owns a Ferrari didn't buy the Ferrari before they could pay for it. They probably bought the damn thing in cash. I don't know if any like... Anybody that buys a Ferrari is financing the damn thing. Maybe, right? But I can tell you probably 99% of people that buy a Ferrari aren't financing it. They're paying for it in cash because they have the income coming in to afford it. They can afford it. And that's that's the trick, right? The, the trick is to buy the assets before the liabilities. That's how you build a sustainable source of income. And when you understand that, right, you... When you understand that concept, and that's why I keep saying go back and read Rich Dad Poor Dad, because when you understand what that means, when you when you really like embody that and and understand it, it's a repeatable process. You can you can repeat that process with ten dollars, you can repeat it with a hundred dollars, you can repeat it with a thousand dollars, you can repeat that process at scale at a different level. If you can if you can find ways to take ten dollars and produce a hundred dollars, well you can find way you can do the same thing to take a hundred dollars and produce a thousand dollars. Or take a thousand and produce ten thousand, right? You can you can find ways to like leverage this stuff. I mean, I bought a house with uh, we'll say seventeen thousand, put seventeen grand in renovations and stuff in this property. Now that house produces me, on average, four thousand dollars a month in income. So when you when we look at that investment, right? It's it's understanding the basics first. I understood how to how to use a hundred bucks. I understood how to use a thousand bucks. So when I spent seventeen thousand. Now I, it just, it was the same thing. It still brought me the same. It was just scaled at a, at a $17,000 level scale. It was scaled at a bigger level. So when you learn about how to secure assets versus liabilities, you learn how to build sustainable sources of income. You can learn how to do it at a smaller level. You can learn how to do it at a, at a bigger level. It's, it's scalable. It's a scalable process. You just have to learn the basic. You have to learn the most basic fundamental of that framework before you can repeat it and scale it to, to size. So kind of like going back to best advice for multiplying money with a small amount, kind of look at those basics, understand the frameworks there, and then repeat that. And that's how you can build like sustainable sources of income for yourself at scale and at large. And that's, that's how business owners build businesses. So when you understand that, you can do that. You just got to understand everybody's got talents. Everybody has a talent that can make, a million, make them a million dollars. Everybody is capable of it. 
It's just whether or not you're going to take the action necessary to do that. And sometimes you don't recognize it until you learn things, right? Until you read books, until you study material, until you learn from other people. You don't learn that you have these assets. You don't know what these, these capabilities or these talents are that you have until you learn about what other people do. And maybe you can see some examples of that stuff and how it translates into your life. I know that's, that's why I'm right. I'm putting together a whole, uh, coaching program and a whole, a whole, um, curriculum kind of a training module on a certain topic right now that I initially, like six months ago, didn't even know or didn't even think of it as a monetizable thing. But now I'm seeing it differently, right? I'm understanding the situations differently. So understanding at the fundamental level, how you can multiply and how you can manage finances. And then just repeating that process as you go, as you get bigger, you can just, you just scale it. So looking for a sustainable source of income, find, excuse me, finding ways to manage money at a lower level, scale that process. So start like, I'm a huge proponent of like learning, like learn, learn, read, study, listen, like always consume information. When you stop learning, you, you fail. You, when you stop learning, you fail. It's so true. Cause no wealthy person, you can ask them kind of like stuff that they do and stuff. I can tell you what right now they're constantly learning, constantly reading books. There's always new material out there. Like just constantly be trying to like learn. I am always learning. I may seem like I know a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm always, there's so much stuff I don't know. So I'm always trying to learn and, and gather new ideas and build new, uh, um, concepts and stuff. And just, just trying to learn and better myself and always improve. So like, that's why I think like reading material and you don't have to read, right? You can download like the audible books and stuff, but the, the whole concept is like go through the book and, and consume the content, read, read this content. And, and there's so much you can take away from it that is very, very, very valuable. And, that, and that's going to help also put you in a mindset that's just going to surround you with people that want to grow. So that's, that's the idea, right? Surround yourself, put yourself in the environment, understand what you don't know, learn what you can, and just start, start getting after it. Take massive action towards it, towards your goals, towards what you're trying to achieve. But understanding kind of the basic concepts and getting there. So I hope that I hope that answers it. I think it does. Um, but, but I mean, the most basic thing is understand how to multiply small small amounts of money and then scale it, like grow it from there. Just, just repeat the process. Repeat successful actions. All right. I hope you guys like that episode. I am cutting off episode two right there. So that's part two. And then uh, part three will follow this one. So this one's, I think, the longest. The next one's going to be a little bit shorter. But, uh, but yeah, so that's part two. You guys like this episode. Like always, make sure you guys like, subscribe, share this episode, follow me on Podbean and Apple Podcasts, and share this with anybody that you think would take a lot of value away from this. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. See you!